0: Spooky salutations to everyone out there. Thank you, Jen Woodick We're for the new it. intro. So <laughs> we stole it, you're thieves. <laughs> <laughs> spooky salutations, listeners. My name is Pissy Miles, your resident spooky drag
1: queen. And I am your resident spooky drag queen, spooky sister. <laughs> spooky. I said spooky, and then sp- it doesn't matter. It right. doesn't I'm Sam matter. Baxter, They're
0: all the same. And
1: this is my spooky gay family. <laughs>
0: My spooky gay family, my
1: favorite podcast. <laughs> to be a thing. I mean, I would kind of hope it's your favorite. <laughs> it would be I know. Really sad if it wasn't.
0: You know, I, I mean, I have a lot of podcasts I like, but I do, I do legitimately enjoy doing this podcast with you.
1: I, I enjoy doing it with you too. I, mean, I, I, I also enjoy listening to it. I honestly, I, I thought I was never going to listen to it because I hate the sound of my own voice. But now it's like,
0: yeah, you've you've always been kind of shy about listening to yourself.
1: Yeah, but, like, I'll be totally honest, that lasted, like, all of two weeks. And then I'm like, I'm fucking funny. Screw that. <laughs> God, like, I'm good. Can, like, I don't, I don't need to listen to this episode of Pod Saves America. I can listen to the episode of, on Halloween again. I've never, like
0: I've never listened to Pod <laughs> Saves America. Is that like a...
1: Um, it's a political podcast. It's hosted by um, three former aides to President Obama. And they are very thorough, if unabashedly biased, if that's a thing that bothers you.
0: <laughs> I don't think in this current political climate anyone is yeah, is no, I, terribly bothered by partisanship.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really
0: bother me either. Uh, well, welcome back. This is another My Spooky Gay Family here in New Jersey. We are very excited to be recording this podcast because we are talking about Um, two of my favorite things, spooky shit and Christmas. And so tonight we
1: are actually going to be talking about... uh, I didn't notice the running theme the last couple of weeks. I
0: know. It's so strange. Suddenly it's Christmas time and all I can think about is Christmas. (laughs) I really do have Christmas on the brain. Yes, you do. But I love Christmas. I I truly do. And I think that... uh, a lot of people could stand to find the joy in it. And I get it, I totally get it. I have been under uh, quite a bit of stress recently myself and I get that this time of year can be very, very stressful for a lot of people, but the, I, I, it really does bring me a lot of joy to be able to find the the good, like the Christmas spirit in that's in the air right now. Even when I was stuck in rush hour traffic today and wanted to fucking rip a guy's head <laughs> off. <laughs> every fucking truck that was on 287 South today I just wanted to murder them with a chainsaw I was, it was really unpleasant
1: I'm sorry that that happened to you there was an ice storm last night there which, was which an honestly, ice storm it made the trees look really pretty though Like I, the I really
0: trees really looked beautiful like, I actually really I will say that is like that was like the silver lining yeah. today so and you're going to
1: get crushed by a falling oak branch but it's going to look really pretty
0: it's going to look gorgeous <laughs> while it kills you <laughs> it's like Rebecca Gayhart in Urban <laughs> Legends <laughs> Know that wig, man. <laughs> that was not a wig. Is
1: that really not a wig? I don't think that, so. That's her hair.
0: I think she has beautiful curly brown hair. I mean I and crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, no, she definitely has crazy eyes.
2: She, she <laughs> Why?
1: <laughs> Speaking of crazy eyes, I know. It's actually a pretty good segue for what we're talking about this week.
0: It really truly <laughs> is. We are talking about one of the best Christmas uh slashers. Possibly. Uh, well, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. But, um. Yeah. Uh, it's a little movie called Black Christmas. And we are not talking about the uh, recent remake that came out, I think, what was it, like it's, a week um, ago? Yeah,
1: no, it's in theaters right now. It's in it's theaters right
0: now. The last week. Uh, but we're talking about the original, the OG 1974 Black Christmas starring Margot Kidder and Andrea Martin and Olivia other people. <laughs> Olivia Hussey. What a fucking name. <laughs> Good for you, Olivia Hussy. Her parents were like, "We know what's coming."
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it really wouldn't have mattered what her first name was. Her last name was gonna be Hussy either way. But don't you think it's like
0: her? Her family couldn't be one of those families that has like family pride. They can't be like, "Yeah, she's a hussy." You know what I mean? <laughs> they can't. They- I,
1: mean, I kind of hope they do. I hope they own it. Like, I hope they just we're all you know, hussies. Like, yeah, like. <laughs> Like, one of them gets sick. They all show up with, like, little bracelets that say Hussy Pride or, like, Hussy Strong or something. Like, I Hussie want that. Hussy
0: Strong. I like Hussy Strong. Right? Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. So, yeah, we are talking about <laughs> Black Christmas. Uh, it is what many people consider to be the original slasher.
1: I mean, I. it, it came out in the same year as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of debated debatably a slasher. Again, but yeah. But I, I think they yeah. both kind of fall into like kind of weird gray areas. Because I know um, particularly like the director, Bob Clark, um, has always considered this kind of more of a psychological thriller. Yeah. As opposed to a slasher. What would you um, consider? <clears throat> I think he's wrong. I think it is a slasher because like <laughs> the thing is like a psychological thriller, generally speaking, like. Is not I, primarily
0: about the chase.
1: Yeah. Like there's usually a lot other. There, there's usually a lot of other stuff going on or like. The motive is really complicated, or yeah, it's you know, story we, driven. We, we do a lot more kind of a deep dive into the whys and hows, mm-hmm. and this one is kind of almost the opposite of that. So I'm going They're like, "Tehe, everyone's dead." Yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very much like, "Oh, there goes one." Oh, there goes another. Like, and it's it's not like they. It's not like there's a whole ton of gore in this film. Like there's not a whole there's almost lot, there's none. not a whole lot of gore, but at the uh, With same the time, possible
0: like, exception of well, the poor yeah. house mother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like I feel like there's a little too much sort of there, there's a lot of clear, sort of merry enjoyment of the murder. <laughs> for, merry it to be a psych, for it to be a psychological thriller. Like <clears throat> Like, really, honestly, apart from Andrea Martin, like, we, these girls die in kind of really, like, I don't want to say innovative because a lot, like, it's, one gets strangled, there's the crane hook, and we'll get into Mm -hmm. the kills a little bit, but, like, they're all kind of weirdly fun, Yeah, like, if that makes sense, like, it's, it's very much kind of the same way, like, in a Halloween movie, you can expect most people to get stabbed with a butcher knife, and in a Friday the thirteenth movie you can expect most people to get a machete to some part of their anatomy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Billy doesn't Billy doesn't repeat himself. You no. Know? Like, he's like, very, he's
0: <laughs> he likes to vary his, his efforts. Yeah. No. He,
1: he, he likes to keep it, it new and fresh for himself as he goes along. So I would I would argue that it's it's a little too reveling in the violence to really be a psychological thriller. I, I would argue that it's 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 more of a slasher movie than not. If for no other reason than we never really find out why any of this yeah. is
0: happening. Although uh, famously in slashers, there, there's uh, some explanation of why things happen. I think it's hard for me to pin, a, pin down exactly what genre I would call this movie. But I think more than anything, I would say this is probably a romantic comedy.
1: between billy and agnes like are you talking about like like, like what it's like mrs mac and claude the cat like who is this romantic comedy jessica oh
0: it's it's her romance with a with a an unknown suitor (laughs) (laughs) you know it this could definitely be one of those like uh you know those those youtube trailers where they remix the um the trailer to make it look like the movie was something completely different yeah. from what it was, yeah, like the Mary Poppins one, where it. like they make Mary Poppins a horror movie. <laughs> you could definitely do that with Black Christmas and make, <laughs> and make it, it like, like, a, a like a romantic comedy. comedy. All you have to do is change the music. <laughs> oh no!
1: <laughs> Shuddering piano score that they have going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, Peter could play the piano.
1: Yeah, P- Maybe Peter he'd play the amazing- it well this time.
0: Oh God, his jury was terrible.
1: I mean, he wasn't great.
0: He was all sweaty and crazy and nothing yeah. was in tune. I was like, darling, <laughs> you should have tuned your piano before your recital.
1: But he was having emotional turmoil. How could he possibly be expected to play the piano while he's <laughs> having emotional turmoil?
0: I can't play the piano. My girlfriend is pregnant. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm obviously kidding. I definitely would call this a slasher. I think... there's no way this is a thriller. It is absolutely a slasher because every slasher has elements of a thriller, but it also has, like you said, the kind of unique and entertaining kills.
1: Yeah, where the the kills are the point. It's not so much like, no one's, this is the thing, like when you're watching this movie, yeah, you kind of want to know what the hell is going on with Billy and you want to know why and you want to know how, but like, it's never like, the forefront of your mind. The forefront of your mind is usually like, who's getting off next and how's he going to do it? Yeah. Which puts this very firmly in slasher movie territory. And when's it
0: coming? <clears throat> and uh, that is why this movie is so commonly regarded as the, like, grandfather of slasher movies because yeah. it kind of invented that in a lot of ways.
1: I, I mean, there's an argument to be made for Peeping Tom. There's, and Alfred there, Hitchcock's there, there, movies. Yeah, and There's, and there's, I, there's I, a know lot that. of movies that come before it that, that have elements of this. Um, but I think but Alfred Hitchcock's movies white. are
0: more along the lines of thriller, don't you? Yeah,
1: no, I mean, absolutely. I think that Alfred Hitchcock's movies are decidedly thrillers, if for no other reason, then they're more about fucking with the audience's head than anything else.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look um, at something like which psycho is a hallmark,
1: yeah. of the thriller genre. I think
0: only, how many people die in psycho? Is it just Janet Lee? It's been a very long it's time since I've seen that movie. I, I think, Max, um, you're looking at maybe two people in Psycho.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, and that's if you count Mrs. Bates.
0: Yeah. But there's question well, but as she, to whether or
1: not he killed her. I or don't think or not he did, died. but that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> which I think they might have resolved in Psycho 2, but I don't remember.
0: I've I've actually um, never seen Psycho 2.
1: You're not missing a lot. <laughs> um, I feel so terrible. Honestly, the, the only movie that I would have said maybe might have taken that away from it, but it actually, I just looked it up on AMDB and it came out two years later. Oh, really? Um, I would have said, just because I was unsure of when it came out, the only thing that I would have maybe said was the town that dreaded Sundown. Mm. But, um... Is that
0: the one about, um...
1: Uh, it's actually based on a true story. It's, it's, it's the one in Texas. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. Like, Documentary.
0: Yeah, I remember that movie, um, and I remember being a little bit fucked up by it.
1: Yeah, no, it's a scary, it's movie. it's a creepy movie. Um, yeah, no, the Texarkana killer is a creepy guy.
0: Texarkana.
1: Well, that's the name of the town. I know. But,
0: um, <clears throat> it's just yeah, such no, a, like it's, if you name your town Texarkana, you have to expect that a serial killer is going to kill people there. Well,
1: I mean, when your town is on the border of Texas and Arkansas, I guess like, <laughs> makes more sense. But like <laughs> at the same time,
2: no. But, so if um, you're listening
1: from from
0: Arkansas, uh, you're probably a serial killer.
1: Um, The one person, I think, who's downloaded our podcast in Arkansas. I would have to check the map again. I know. Sam is obsessed (laughs) with checking the statistics on this podcast. I'm not obsessed (laughs) with the statistics. I am specifically obsessed with the download map for the following reason. If you know a single living soul in North Dakota, <laughs> oh, could you no. please just ask them to download one episode? They don't even have to listen to it. Just We're run. only missing one state, I know. and Wh- I want to complete the map. Which That's I have it. to say is
0: like- very impressive that we have been we have been listened to in every state except, except North, North Dakota. Dakota. North
1: Dakota has some kind of problem with, with us. I don't know what the hell it is.
0: I'm kind of surprised we got Mississippi.
1: I mean, maybe we should do a Fargo episode and hope for the best. A Fargo episode. We're going to do Fargo next week. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell
0: your friends. You know, I... I'm going to tell you something that uh, I'm sad to say. Well, I've I'm... never seen Fargo.
1: Okay. We're going to have to do it And
0: exactly I know it, like it is something about something, a a, ki- a killer, right?
1: Yeah, no, it is It is more of a psychological thriller, I would argue, again, that, that's, that that is definitely a thriller.
0: I always thought it was more of a comedy.
1: I mean, it's it's kind of toe in the line. Because
0: isn't it the Farrelly brothers or whatever? Um, who made, who made Fargo? Fuck me. Hold on. Okay. I'm a... Pause. Thank you. Fargo, Fargo, where are far- Fargo, where what are they, Fargo? <laughs> <clears throat> huh.
1: Again, been a while since I saw it.
0: Oh, that's the show. Isn't
1: it the Cohen brothers?
0: Yeah. Oh, it is. It's the Coens. Yeah. It is not the Farrelly's. I thought it was the Farrelly's, and that's why I, th- I thought it was a comedy. And then yeah. people started talking about how dark it was, and I was like, No, it's a dark. dark. Movie. I, was like, th- I was like, don't they like, write these there, like. There
1: are definitely humorous moments in it. But it's it's not. I wouldn't have characterized it as a comedy. Well,
0: I'll t- I'll take your word for it until we watch it for the yeah. podcast.
1: Um, so why but don't anyway, we? Black Christmas. What? But anyway, Black Christmas.
0: Black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we jump right into Black Christmas? Uh, I will I will be honest with you. I had not seen this movie until fairly recently. It was in the last like couple years that I watched Black Christmas for the first time, and. I, the first time, had a lot of trouble getting into it. But the more you watch it, the more little, like, Easter eggs and fun things you find about the movie, I, f- I find at least. I really enjoy this movie.
1: You yeah, know, it's definitely a movie that, that benefits from a couple rewatches. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of details you can miss if you're not, like, fully invested in it yeah. the first time. Um, and usually I'm not. Usually when I'm watching
0: a movie like this, I'm like stoning a dress yeah. or uh, making a headpiece and it's like on in the background and I'm like who is screaming on the phone? <laughs> and he's like I want to lick your pink pussy and you're no, like okay. what? You, this is this serial mom? Where did you, how, did we, how did we get here? <laughs> it's like did I, did I turn on
1: Skinamax?
0: Wait, <laughs> I'm like David what are you watching? He's like what are you watching?
1: He's <laughs> like dance moms what are you watching? Dance 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 moms. Moms. Um <laughs> No, I actually, I think I first watched this movie, I think it was, what the fuck year did the remake? Okay. 2009? Um, the remake was made in 2006. Six. And I was working Pick up sticks. At, at Blockbuster. At Blockbuster. Blockbuster. So um, since I knew that the remake was coming out, I think I, I rented the original. And I think, frankly, a lot of it went over my head. The first time I watched it.
0: Well, I think as a young person, it's hard to pick up on a lot of things, especially not having the context of like, I think as adults, you and I kind of really enjoy period pieces. And I would consider this a period movie.
1: No, it it definitely is. Like, it's, it's definitely 70s. Like, yeah, like, like and, there is very little doubt.
0: And if you don't have the context for that, then... Yeah, it you know, can be I hard to follow. I remember watching
1: it the first time and like not really getting the whole house mother situation in the sorority house <laughs> and like really not understanding what the fuck was wrong with Mr. Harrison. Like, like, like Claire's dad's walking in here and she's like covering pictures and he's like, "I'm going to change something about the atmosphere here." I'm like, "Your daughter's in a sorority." Yeah, there's a bunch of girls getting drunk and hooking up with gut Like, what were you expecting? To have? <laughs> Not realizing that in 1974, that would generally be frowned upon. I know. So didn't I, you
0: realize that when your, jo- when your daughter joined Omega Beta Zeta, that yeah. she was going to be getting drunk and thrown off a of balcony?
1: <laughs> Why do you have to bring up what happened to, to Sarah? Michelin?
0: I know. One day when we get to Scream 2, we'll, we'll go over Omega My, Beta Zeta again. That is
1: the most painful sequence in a horror movie I think I've ever <laughs> Which,
0: now that I think about it, actually has some pretty strong ties to Black Christmas. It does. Huh. Look, another Easter egg. Yeah. It's Christmas it, it, and Easter
1: it, it post, all at <laughs> once. Post-production Easter egg from Wes Craven 20 years later. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, uh, but you know, a, a lot of sort of the, the culture- Cultural significance of it was kind of lost on me. I think mm-hmm. largely because, again, I did not grow up in the seventies. Nor I. So it's it was kind of like weird me. I'm like, I don't understand why everybody's mad at Margot Kidder for being drunk like she's in college <laughs> since you supposed to be. Drunk.
0: <laughs> That's when you're supposed like, to do it.
1: I also missed out that apparently Margot Kidder is supposed to be bi in this movie, which is not a thing that I caught on to at all the first time I watched it. I don't she, think she's, I she's ever talking on about to her it. boyfriends and reading Playboy. Huh.
0: I never and thought like, about that.
1: They they confirmed after the fact. Bob Clark did confirm after the fact that that was intentional. That, that she, she was supposed, supposed to be bisexual. Bi. Yeah. Huh. And did not pick up in, on that at all. Well, good for actually. her. Live your life, Margot. For the whole 20 minutes you have left of it at I the know. time. <laughs> <But> like,
0: <laughs> and she, I would say, of the girls, like Ms. Mack excluded, yeah. she probably has one of the most gruesome deaths.
1: No, she has definitely... Honestly, I think of them... I mean, it's one of those things, that's kind of hard to say because we don't see Phyllis Andrea Martin's death, so yeah. it's kind of hard to say, but like...
0: Which, by the way, I want to get into yeah, because we're gonna get into that, that in was the <laughs> biggest Easter egg of all. I was like, <clears throat> I was watching this movie and David was sitting in our office, which is right next to our living room, and I was watching the movie and I had been watching it for... I was like, almost like damn near an hour in, and I went, oh my God! <laughs> And There's he a was, hole in this guy. know. And he was like, he was like, what? He came like running in. I was like, I was like, Andrea Martin's in this movie. He was like, why? Why are you yelling? I was like, Andrea Martin's in this movie. And I kept looking at her, and no shit, the entire movie, I kept going, God, she looks like Andrea. Mc- and- I almost Andrew said Andrea McCardle, Andrea <laughs>
1: Martin. And and then finally, I was like, that is Andrea Martin. How did you get here? That's funny, because I was watching the whole time thinking, like, man, that girl really looks like Lois Lane. <laughs> I can't figure out why she looks like Lois Lane so much. But why?
0: <laughs> why do you look like Lois Lane? <laughs> and
1: that one looks like Audra from It. I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, no. Like just we case, can't go case, back <laughs> We're not going. No. It's like Everyone's s- like, no. Six degrees of Derry. No man.
0: more Pennywise. But, no, we won't go
1: back to Pennywise again. I know. We but, won't but, go back yeah, to no, Pennywise. But yeah, no, Olivia Hussey's other major genre credit was, was- It
0: audra mcdonald i'm kidding it's uh, no. audra what's bill's last name denborough audra is she audra denborough
1: i'm not sure i assume she was yeah no because the gas station attendant calls her miss denborough so i'm assuming she was. <laughs>
0: don't you want your balloon
1: first miss denborough see i didn't do it <laughs> i only know that
0: line so well because it's in one of my mixes yeah. i have a whole pennywise mix and if you haven't seen it uh, too bad because I don't think I have a video of it. <laughs> You'll have to come to one of my shows at Halloween. It's the heart. Um, I know. But um, yeah. I I I remember when I was watching this movie, she came like running down the stairs in the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my god, it's Audra.
1: And then an hour in, I'm like, Oh my god, it's Andrea Where is, Martin. Like a really weird sweater that has like two hands crossed over her chest. <laughs> like, like I have no idea, like what.
0: And Peter's <laughs> running behind her, like. <laughs>
1: Well, she does. She's wearing a sweater. And it has two hands. Like, like there's, there's two white sections of yarn on this sweater that are in the shape of hands that are cupping her tits.
0: I did not realize that for
1: the first like forty five minutes of this movie, that's what Olivia Hussey is wearing. And She's living I, up to her name. <laughs> is, like, I was, I was reading some trivia on this film before we, before we recorded tonight, and one of the things it said was the budget was so low. That the actors were encouraged to bring their own clothes to so set. That's her so shirts. that might just have been Olivia Hussey's oh, no. sweater. Like, that might have just been a thing she owned. Oh my God. Every Hussey like- gets one <laughs> on their 18th <laughs> It's no.
0: like Harry Potter. <laughs> An owl brings you a, a sweater with two hands on the breasts. <laughs> Boys get a pair of pants
1: mm. <laughs> with one hand on the crotch. With one hand. No. no, but yeah, no, she's wearing that hideous sweater and, like, um, John Saxon is in this, who is also um, Nancy's dad in Nightmare on Elm Street. In Nightmare, yeah, and he's playing a cop again.
0: How oh, shocking! Like
1: there, there's 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 a lot of of genre people in in this movie because like Margot Kidder is also in the Amityville Horror, apart from being Lois Lane. <laughs> um, so it's it's kind of a weird thing. Like when you're watching the movie, it's like, oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that person. I know that person too. And it's like this weird little like. For a second, it's like, oh, are these all evil Canadian doppelgangers of actors that I'm aware evil of? But
0: Canadian no, Canadian Well, this is a
1: Canadian film. I know. Which is why the boyfriend plays hockey and not football.
0: I know. <laughs> like,
1: like, it's the only reason that, that the boyfriend <laughs> plays hockey and not football. But, um, yeah. I I know, heard it's,
0: I was I was reading an article after the first time I watched this movie that the creatives have since, like, gone back to see the house. And that it is, for the most part, still, like, very largely the same.
1: I mean, I I have no trouble believing that because it's a beautiful house. Yeah. Like, like when they're panning the camera through it, like, I think I said to Sarah, we were watching this around Halloween. Mm. And I said, I'm like, is it bad that, like, mostly what I'm looking at right now is, like, my God, I want those railings. I know. It's gorgeous. Like, like, I don't know at what point I became, like. like, warm wood. Like, I'm not a 40-year-old woman yet. I've still got a couple years. (laughs) But, like. My God, I have never felt more forty than watching them like pan around the interior of this house. I'm like, I want
0: that. <laughs> the lesbian genes that's are so kicking nice. in. You hit thirty five, and all of a sudden you want to live in the woods.
1: Kicking <laughs> in. I have four cats.
0: <laughs> you're like, my God, I like hardwood. And you're like, that's not a lesbian no, not, thing. That's
1: not really something we <laughs> tend to say a lot. Um, specify the type of tree in order to avoid saying that. I know of cherry. Tree. Yeah, no, I like. I, a, do I, love I like cherry. a maple floor. A maple floor is. I like maple. Um... <laughs> All right, so Black Christmas. We're both very sleep-deprived, I feel. Like I know,
0: I, I literally, we watched the movie before this yeah. to like to like rev up the engines and get ready to, to do this. Yeah, and, and literally is
1: drinking like a big gulp of soda right uh,
0: now. I know, no, it's coffee. <laughs> it's a Dunkin' Donuts frozen coffee. Um, but literally, I want to say maybe four and a half seconds into the movie, I closed my eyes and I woke up when the credits rolled. And
1: I was like, okay, beautiful. Yeah, and Sarah and I tried to, tr- tried to figure out how to turn the subtitles on. On the movie because we could not hear it over how loud you were. Snoring.
0: Listen, I only got like four hours of sleep last night. I've been driving
1: around on frozen streets it's, since like four a.m. I'm just pointing out. It was, it was like I was watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas at
0: the same time. They came out at the same time. I was doing you a favor. I was drawing parallels. Um. So the thing that I, I really like to talk about when it comes to Black Christmas is how it inspired so many other movies in the genre because we've talked about this before how Black Christmas is the Godfather, the grandfather, the grand high witch of of slasher movies and so many things that they used in this movie have been have become tropes in yeah. the slasher genre. The
1: um the point of view shots when Billy is walking around the house. And that's what I was gonna say. One. That's actually probably
0: one of the biggest ones is the yeah. point of view shots.
1: Which <clears throat> <don't clears throat> <you throat> um, which we then see again in Halloween <clears throat> four years later and then see again in Friday the thirteenth. And <laughs> it's well because
0: it's a great way of giving you some kind of connection to the character without um
1: You without revealing who the character without is without tr- showing you anything to about to keep the character. That a <laughs> but um it's also a really nice way to kind of answer some of the audience's questions without having to explain it to the characters because like a lot of those hows get answered when you have a killer's POV. Yeah,
0: when you when you watch the the character crawl up a trellis and into the attic window, yeah. and then down through the trapdoor. You're like, "How did this guy get into the house?" And it's into like into a really creepy oh.
1: attic with like way more toys than you would have expected. First, uh, uh, yeah, there's whoever like a rocking horse. Uh, like, there's a, a rocking like, horse
0: and all kinds of bullshit, and you're like, "Who are these people?" And a crane hook for some reason. Yeah, they're scarier than he yeah, is. Yeah, no, in some there's ways. There,
1: there's a lot going on in that attic, and um, also apparently a working landline. In that yeah, attic. in
0: the attic. Although I will say that. That I guess that's not entirely far-fetched.
1: I mean, but why would you have a phone in the attic?
0: I don't know. Maybe that was a... I mean, it's a sorority house. There might have been, at some point, a girl's room up in the attic.
1: Yeah, that, creep, creepy Annie who collected toys. And,
0: <laughs> she's and still up hooks. there. Her name's <laughs> Billy. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> They're like, Billy, it was you the whole time? Uh... Yeah, I guess, I mean, it is strange, but it's not far-fetched. No, you I, have to think, like, at not some point...
1: like, totally far-fetched, but it, it, it is one of those things that, like, particularly on the rewatch, I was like, wait a minute, they have to have had a phone in the attic for this premise to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is like, kind of... Like, in a modern remake, it makes more sense, like, they could have a cell phone, but, like... Yeah. and It, uh, it makes less sense when you understand that he's using their own phone to call them. <laughs>
0: I know, and it's so strange because it kind of was the when did when a stranger calls come Um,
1: out when a stranger calls is is a little bit later. I want that's the early eighties. I want to say it's early eighties. Yeah.
0: Uh, with Carole Kane yeah. the, where the first five yeah, minutes are famous where you
1: spend the first five minutes going is that fucking Carol Kane and forget <laughs> and, and remember nothing about the rest of the film you know it's um, funny I tried to
0: watch it once and after I didn't realize that it was only the first like five or ten oh, yeah, minutes no, of the, the movie
1: the, the whole thing is like the first five minutes are what he went to jail for and the second like 90 percent of the film is what happens after
0: yeah just him stalking carol yeah kane.
1: it's it's well no carol kane doesn't come back i don't think i don't think he's even I thought stalking she did. carol kane i think he's stalking someone completely different oh maybe i could i could be wrong on that that was another one that i watched in like the early 2000s and haven't given a repeat but um i mean yeah it's been a while since you know I've, i mean like both of these movies drew inspiration from that that very classic babysitter urban legend um, the calls are coming from inside the house. It's do they been actually? a long
0: time. I, I admittedly fell asleep during the rewatch of yeah. this movie tonight. And I don't remember the exact wording, but do they say yes. just um, the call is coming from Sergeant inside the house? Sergeant
1: Nash. <laughs> the Deputy Dewey surrogate. Deputy this Dewey. Um, <laughs> does at one point. I mean, he, he kind of says it like three different ways, I think, before you see it register on Olivia Hussey's face. But I think mm. the last one is, in fact, the calls are coming from inside the house. Huh. Um, and he's like it's really funny because like the rest of the movie he's such a dipshit but like that is the one moment where you're like okay this guy's actually acting reasonably because you know nancy thompson's dad had told him not to tell her that he was in the house to just tell her to leave Hmm. and like when she says no i'm gonna go upstairs and get the other girls he breaks down and tells her that there's a Fucking dude up there waiting to kill her. Yeah, and you're supposed to, I think, have a moment of like, Nash, you asshole. He said not to tell her, and but I'm sitting there going like, no, that's that. What else is that's, he supposed uh, to yeah. do? Like,
0: he's like, yeah, go get he's him. Like, Just no, d- don't d- do
1: that. It smells really bad upstairs. Go outside.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. There's bees everywhere upstairs. <laughs> so many bees. <laughs>
1: I think it would be better if you just went outside no 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 no
0: don't put the button out oh, oh no she's dead no
1: <laughs> <laughs> no because like everything else he does in this movie is just absolute is just an absolute garbage fire and hilarious mostly <laughs> i <Honestly>. know <laughs> like you yeah, know for that one moment it's kind of like oh okay at least like you know you're not a total fuck <laughs> at least you're not a complete <laughs> idiot
0: although you know what was fun in this movie was getting to watch them like trace the call boards.
1: Yeah, that was actually really cool. There's a there's a scene toward the end where you see the guy kind of running around trying to trace the mechanical the call. phone boards, trying to figure out where the call is coming from, and it's it's actually it's really it's really neat because I had never seen that part of that equation shown ever. Yeah, you know when it's not being done through a computer.
0: Because in <laughs> as a as a like modern as a young person in in the 90s plus, yeah, you don't realize how complicated the circuit boards. Yeah, were I mean, or the call boards really or whatever. They're complicated.
1: Called. I mean, like this guy is running the fuck around,
0: literally, like like <laughs> out of breath, tracking his, his like seriously. his BPM.
1: <laughs> but um,
0: yeah, I I think that you know. um I I do think that that was probably actually a really interesting little again Easter egg that we got to kind of take part in. No, but um,
1: there's there's some other um kind of tropes that this plays into too. It's like this is again it being one of the first slasher movies like. Who are the girls who you expect to die versus who are the girls you don't like this plays with this? It doesn't play with the tropes because the tropes aren't there yet, but Mm. it subverts some of them. I did have a
0: sneaking suspicion at one point that Margot Kidder, I believe her name is Barb in the movie, might be the final girl.
1: And it's one of those things that I think if this was a modern movie,
0: she might have been. She
1: might have been. That being said, she's kind of drunk and belligerent for most of it. So so it kind of like it kind of teaching falls, cops
0: about blowjobs. Yeah, which was really funny.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but um yeah no in that kind of 70s 80s sort of moralistic attitude in the slasher movies yeah no it makes total sense that Barb is not only going to die but she's going to get a really gruesome life. death yeah. and like, like there's a reason Mrs. Max is so bad too is like is, you know she, she's walking around drinking she has a fucking <laughs> bottle of whiskey in the the tank in... of the toilet <laughs> like, like bitch like, like come on like, this tastes funny like don't get mm. like the whiskey's sterile but the bottle ain't like, like what the I hell know. is wrong with you and it's like
0: she had one in the tank of the toilet she had one in uh the encyclopedia yeah, in the had,
1: bookcase she had one in the closet yeah, she, it's like miss Mag. what don't you like have a it's bedroom like, it's not even that it's like she's walking around there's like margot kidder's door has a fucking <laughs> wreath on it that has the little airplane bottles hanging off of it so like it's like i feel like you could have just kept it in a drawer no, like,
0: but, yeah, nobody yeah nobody would have i don't think anybody would have been terribly distraught no, to find like, out like, that she was drinking <laughs> if
1: nothing else like it's kind of implied that she's been letting these girls kind of like run wild. And that's supposed to be, that's supposed to be a knock against her. I personally sit here and go, it's like, okay, but like, what the fuck is she supposed to do? I know. And she's but a like, free spirit. Yeah, no, she's she's just doing her. Ms. Mack. But, um, yeah, no, it, it <laughs> like it's for comedic effect, which is which is why it's there. But it's, I know it's, it's one of those things where it's like watching it again. That was kind of something that went over my head the first time. Yeah. It's kind of like, why the fuck does she have to hide her booze? Like She's <laughs> a grown ass woman. If she wants to drink whiskey, she can drink whiskey. I don't understand why they're like freaking. Out and
0: about it's this. a very 70s way. Yeah. It's like a very 70s joke. Um, it really is. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like murder by death. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Murder by Death was a kind of a comedy who done it in the seventies, starring a, again, a lot of famous people. Yeah,
1: like Maggie Smith is Maggie in it. Maggie Smith that. is um, in it. Truman Capote. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Peter Falk.
0: Peter Falk. Um Alec uh, Guinness is in it. He's Alec Guinness is the butler. It's, um
1: no, there's a lot of really good people. We're gonna do a mini on Murder
0: We should so do we a mini on Murder by Death. About it. Um, um yeah, but the, the, Ms. Mac definitely reminded me of, like, a character from Murder by Death, where it's, yeah, like, no. just running around getting drunk and then getting viciously <laughs> killed.
1: Yeah, it's, like, because there are only so many people in this house, and, like, we, we, we meet all of them in the opening scene, and there's, like, Andrea Martin's boyfriend who looks like, <laughs> him. like I don't even really know how to describe this guy, like, Like it's like Mario with a fro. Like I don't I don't even really know how to describe these guys. They didn't do her favors. No, they did no favors for poor Phyllis. Oh, poor
0: Phyllis. Um, And she's
1: the most likable. Yeah, she really is she's the most normal out of all of them. Like she's not a drunk, she's not like a little goody two shoes. I know she's she's worried about her. She doesn't have a sweater with two hands holding up her tits. She just has an ugly boyfriend. Her bra
0: boyfriend. isn't made of knit hands. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like, she, <laughs> like, the weirdest thing about Phyllis is that she has an ugly boyfriend and her glasses look like the things you used to dick at, dip Easter eggs into dye. <laughs> like, that's the weirdest thing about Phyllis.
0: Oh, I um, love Andrea Martin. I'm so I sad. I love Andrea Martin, too. I, I, it sorry. made me sad because the second I realized it was her, I was like, oh, she's a goner. Oh, she's gonna die. She's a goner. Um,
1: cool little Easter egg in the remake, actually, they brought Andrea Martin back to play the house mother. Oh, really? Remake, so it's Andrea she Martin. She plays Ms. Matt. Yeah, she plays Ms. Mac Does she, she get drunk all the, all the time? Yeah. Yes! No, I she's, she's doing the same thing. It's it, it, it's, <laughs> re- it's really funny, actually. Um, and, like, Andrea Martin is also one of those people that, like, when you see a photo of them when they're, like, 20 versus when they're, like, 60, they look exactly the same with, like, three wrinkles drawn on. Like, <laughs> like, like, like her hair's the same. Like, like, everything's exactly the same. But, um, that was a total digression, and I'm sorry. No, like I like digressions. But, um, no, Andrea Martin's character is, out of all of them, probably the most likable. I think it's, like, basically down to, like, her and Claude the cat. Oh, (laughs) Claude. Who is this giant white cat. And just, for the first, like, three murders before everyone gets it, they're all, like, Claude. Claude, is that you? Claude? Claude? <laughs> yeah, because Claude and runs die. around in fucking yeah, Timbaland Cla- boots. Yeah, because Claude is hanging out in your closet waiting. <laughs> like- They're like, who's stomping in the attic? Claude? It's also is that just you? Like, listen, I will be the first person to admit that like, I'm a crazy cat lady. I talk to my fucking cats all the time. <laughs> it's one but- thing to talk to your cats.
0: It's another thing to wonder the if your answer. cats are chopping wood in the attic.
1: It's, it's not that. It's like, I would never go, Wally? Wally, is that you? <laughs> and like stand there waiting, like he's gonna be like, yeah, it's me. Like no, think like, that's just he's
0: like Elphaba.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like... me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some of you yeah. can't find me. <laughs>
0: oh, <okay>. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but Claude is a uh, Claude. Ostensibly, gets a lot of people killed in this movie.
1: I mean, he doesn't get a lot of people killed. I think that he's. T- <laughs> I, if he, I, maybe if he wasn't such a damn
0: loud cat.
1: I mean, I don't think it's Claude's fault that they're idiots and go, oh, I hear loud stomping coming from the attic. Must be the cat. <laughs> I like, think there must be
0: some kind of uh past disturbance with Claude that makes them think he's such a loud a loud cat. Am, he must be like that girl on Bad Girls you Club. To blame the cat. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He must have been like that girl on the Bad Girls Club who was like banging the pots and pans like. <laughs> I didn't get no sleep because of y'all. <laughs> y'all ain't gonna sleep because of me. And, and they're mean, like,
1: Claude, just, is that you? That's just owning a cat. That has nothing to do
0: with that. Claude, <laughs> every night he goes up into the attic and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. No, but 3 a.m. hits and you know Malcolm walks up to my bedroom door and goes, it is almost time for the dawn. Let me sing you the song of my people. like, and then meows loudly because you know it's dinner time, even though he has never once been fed at three in the morning. So this is part of having a cat. Like, but the thing is, you don't walk up to the cat going, "Is that you making that noise? Is that you?" Like, like really accusatory and loudly. It is like,
0: definitely one of those things with cats where it's like they have no concept of time. Dogs at the same time every day. It's like five o'clock. They're like, "Okay, time." And cats are like, "Now it's time. Now it's time." <laughs> now it's time and you're like it's four in the morning have you ever eaten food at four in the morning that i gave this you this is the thing
1: though it's not that and this, this is the thing. This is major tangent <laughs> cats know perfectly well that it is not time for dinner they just don't care it's i know that this is not when i eat but feed me bitch that's well, what's happening. It's, and that's it's what not, makes me think. Is it 10 yet? Is it 10 yet? It's, <laughs> it's it's 930 and I'm fucking hungry. Get out the can. Like, that's the difference. Like, dogs are like, is it 10 o'clock? Is it 10 o'clock? I don't think it's 10 o'clock yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait very calmly and quietly. Because if the master wants me to starve to death, I'll do that. The cat's like, fuck you, bitch. I will eat your corpse. Get the fuck down here <laughs> like, and feed me. Like, but that's what makes me think
0: that Claude probably killed them. Claude was like... It's it's time for me to eat. Those you gi- have to die. Those
1: giant man hands. That was Claude. <laughs> Claude
0: has man hands.
1: <laughs> He's just a tabby with <laughs> giant hands. It's been like white Persian cat. I don't think. Like, like huge man hands.
0: Oh, Claude.
1: Yeah, no. I was actually, that. that is one thing in this movie. And I, I will admit that like I am absolutely this person. Like if there is like an animal in a horror movie. mm. And I don't see that animal walk away safely. I'm like, what happened to the cat?
0: Where's the
2: cat?
1: Where's the dog? what happened what Happen to the, there was a gerbil I saw a gerbil in there damn it did someone feed the gerbil did he get out like what
0: happened gerbils I don't care about gerbils could die like, I
1: freak the fuck out it's like you could like your slasher movie can have a body count of like 25 and I'm gonna be like ah, eh, most of them deserved it but like if you hurt a fucking dog like
0: <laughs> I know that is the it's one like, thing I can't do this. that is the one like, thing that makes me crazy about Mikey he yeah, loves no, he, to kill a dog he does not like dogs Oh, it makes me nuts. I'm like, can't you just walk away, Michael, once, one time?
1: Another reason why I love Jason Voorhees, actually.
0: Jason's never killed a dog?
1: No. um, Actually, there's there's a rather famous story from, I want to say it's Jason Takes Manhattan, that they wanted Jason to kick a dog on the streets of New York. No, <laughs> like they it just, was
0: crank anchors? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no. They just wanted him to like walk up and like punt one. And Kane Hodder looked at the director and was like, fuck you, Jason doesn't hurt dogs, and walked away, and they didn't do it.
0: Um. I mean, it does kind of make sense for his character because Michael is more of a cold blooded killer. I mean, he didn't killer. kill
1: Muffin in number th- in number two, and if you don't kill Muffin, I feel like you're not killing any dogs.
0: I don't remember who Muffin is.
1: Muffin is an obnoxious little shit.
0: <laughs> who- I feel like that's a, a name David's probably called me before. <laughs> That obnoxious little sh- Shih Tzu.
1: No, but but I mean, like he doesn't kill muffins, so I feel like he's not gonna kill. He's not gonna kill anybody. But anyway, well, Black I'm
0: Christmas. fine with that. Black Christmas. Sorry. I feel like the the title of this episode should be well. Anyway, Black Christmas. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is actually really sad because it's a really good movie and there's there's a lot of really good things in it. Um, not least of which is Billy himself. Um, Billy
0: is just one of those people that like. You're like God. If I lost my mind, I want to lose it like Billy. Don't you Do think? You? Oh, absolutely. You
1: want to make lewd phone calls to sorority? Absolutely.
0: To I want to be like. <laughs> I want to be like <laughs> to pussy same- willows. I just want to. I just want to call people like Kathleen Turner you want and to have fucking serial break mom. and
1: hide in someone's attic. Yes. <laughs> like,
0: who wouldn't?
1: Think any rational person,
0: (laughs) (laughs) cocksucker. I just want. I just want to call people and like.
1: (laughs) He literally oinks like a pig. I know, and it's like I. I I remember watching this the first time going like is this actually like, and there there comes a point during the first phone call where he like, he says he wants to lick their pussy or something. Yeah. And that was the first like intelligible sentence I, I heard. Know. Before that, <laughs> so it was like, just like, blah, blah, yeah, blah, So bleh, before bleh. that, like Olivia Hussey is having a fucking panic attack going like, it's <laughs> the motor again. And I'm like, He's just heavy breathing, Olivia. Calm the fuck down. Like you're fine. I like, I'm gonna lick your pussy, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, is he well, doing, wait, was but, he saying that the whole time? Before like, we jump away from this, can yeah. we talk to the? Can we talk about
0: the first time Olivia Hussey gets on the phone? Like and, an idiot, yeah. And it's not even. <laughs> it's not even a. Uh, it's not even on the phone with Billy. It's just on the phone with someone who's calling, and I believe they're looking for Barb. Yeah. And she gets on the phone, and it's like she's in a stage play in the 1920s. Olivia Hussey
1: does not know how phones work because no. she does the same thing in it.
0: <laughs> she picks it's up the like, phone, she's like, Hello? What? Who? And you're like, <laughs> you're like, Olivia, calm
1: down. It's like there's no back row, honey. Calm down. I do answer the phone in your house. You know, Jesus no, but, like, Christ. Every single time, hello, hello. Hello? <laughs> like hello, like it's more and more, more panicked. Who, what, like- what? And it's like, sweetie, the volume will be the same on the other side, no matter how, li-. like, the distance does, is, it's not a factor. You can just, like, like Olivia Hussey is shouting into the phone and Billy's upstairs in the attic going, like, that's really loud, holy shit.
0: He's holding the mic three feet <laughs> from his face.
1: can three feet away and can still
0: hear her perfectly. And, like, the, and the, you know the director is like, alright, alright, uh, Olivia, we need you to answer the phone like a Canadian. And she's like, excellent, will do. And she picks up the phone and she's like, crumpets. And they're like, no, uh, that's not, that's not how, that's not how we answer to the phone in america or or canadia Canada. oh, oh canadia meanwhile you get fucking marco kidder on
1: that first phone call and she's just like go stick your dick in a light socket and i'm like i, <laughs> I'm like, I fucking love you barb never i know
0: scene. barb was the best barb and was the best the funniest part is that like in today's day and age, if someone picked up the phone and, and someone was saying things like that yeah. to them, they'd probably be like, Okay, gotta go. Bye, click.
1: Everyone turns into Jada Pinkett Smith and screen two. It's like, hang up and star sixty nine ass! <laughs> like. And that's the
0: best part. In the seventies, <laughs> I guess it must have been very no, shocking <laughs> for someone to like be like oinking at you on the phone. That's but but just to hang me, hang up it's, the
1: phone. You don't know, have to listen to
0: it. You don't have to listen like. to it. And they're all listening, like, what's happening? Who's this? And it's like, girl, just put the phone down, go back like, to drinking.
1: Standing around in a huddle, listening to this for like five full minutes. Like, I know for
0: quite a while. It's like,
1: guys, TV had been invented in 1974. I feel like there was a better way to get your entertainment than to sit here t- listening to this guy talk about sticking his tongue off your pussy.
0: I know, Mother like, Family <laughs> Christmas must have been on one of the three channels. I think Go that was turn 1986. It on. I think. No, was it? Yeah, I think so. I thought it was the late 70s. I thought it was the 80s, but it doesn't matter.
1: The 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 point is yeah no they stand around like a football huddle listening to this guy like oink for five <laughs> minutes and Margot Gitter is the only one who's like give me Maybe that it was like Piggy. you like if it was Frank I wish they had gotten Frank they Oz got to do the Frank voice Oz. how cool would that have been I that's that's the only acceptable remake of this film is if we dub in Frank Oz doing the obscene phone calls. I
0: know. <laughs> she picks up the phone she's like what <laughs> <laughs> who and she's like
1: Gurney. <laughs>
0: It, you're right it's
1: 1987 yeah okay Aww. I really wish I could do a Frank Oz impression right now oh my god this sucks <laughs> oh!
0: <laughs> that's my best Miss Piggy scream <laughs> do that what does he say in Muppet Family Christmas he's like uh, he, when he's giving her the photo direction and he's like, oh, it's
1: like do that pouty thing do that pouty thing and yeah. she's like me, 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like that's perfect yeah <laughs> Which is another thing that goes over your head the first time you watch it as a kid. You're just like, kind of like, is this supposed to be like a sexy thing? I know. Pig? <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Miss Piggy spawned like an entire
1: generation of drag queens. I mean, Miss Piggy is a sex. Again, back to Black Christmas. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> anyway, Black Christmas. <laughs> you would seriously would have thought that we'd been drinking, but no.
0: I know. This is just a little thing we like to call sleep deprivation. Yeah. Um. So I really love in Black Christmas that this killer you said should have been iconic in a lot of ways but for some reason is not why do you think billy is not as like infamous a killer as like michael myers or freddy or uh jason
1: i mean i think it's a couple of reasons i think i think it's mostly the fact that there was only one movie like well <laughs> there's 16
0: <laughs> versions of it but there well, is only yeah. one movie no
1: but there's 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 only one movie <clears throat> originally, so there's no. One, we don't get any of those sequels where like the body count starts to rack up and they start mm. to do really weird shit. Like, you know, Bill, Billy never you know throws someone's face and, <laughs> and he never fucking, beats
0: someone to death with yeah, another person. No, he he in a never sleeping punches back.
1: someone's head off. You know? <laughs> so, so he's got that going against him. There's also the fact that we never see Billy. We have no idea what Billy looks like. Really, we we kind of see yeah. his silhouette and like his one eye, and that's kind and of his it. hands. Yeah, and his man hands, and that's Look kind his of his hands. It. So like. With Ghostface, you have kind of something similar. You get the phone call before, and then, like, the murder happens. But Ghostface but has an iconic Ghostface. mask. Yeah. You know, you see him all the you time. You
0: interact with Ghostface. And that's what I was going to say. I think the reason Billy never really became iconic is that there's no real kind of visceral connection to him. It's like, yeah, he's doing all these horrible things. And, yeah, he is. Uh, he's doing things that many killers will later do that are considered iconic actions but they're i think the reason killers like michael myers and and freddy krueger and jason Voorhees and ghostface are so iconic is because in a weird way you kind of develop a relationship with them
1: yeah and in this one you never see billy or really interact
0: with him almost at all
1: almost if there's there's really only one sequence which is that kind of pseudo chase scene that we get with Olivia Hus- Hussey and Billy after she sees his eyes sticking yeah. out fr- through the fucking door jam, which is really creepy. It is
0: really creepy, and
1: is one of like the most legitimately frightening moments of this film. Oh, <laughs> it's like,
0: absolutely! It's
1: kind of the only point in the movie where I, even on the remat, rewatch, <laughs> am afraid of him. Yeah, like it's it's kind of the only moment where I'm like, huh. Because, like, can you fucking imagine, like, you're standing there at a door and you just see someone's eyeball, like, between the door and the door jam? Like, like I would have a fucking panic attack and shit in my pants. Yeah,
0: that would be a lot so to deal it's with. It's like... <clears throat> would make me wish I had a pencil.
1: Yeah, like, really. <laughs> if she had a fireplace poker, you would have thought that would have been... Well, that can't go through a door jam. Yeah, yeah but, you know, you can hit him with it i mean she supposed to hit him with the door which was much smarter probably but,
0: um, like, <laughs> like leprechaun when jennifer Aniston hits him with the car door <laughs> <laughs>
1: but boom. that's even funnier because it's like she's kind of pulling the punch a little bit she's just kind of like boom and, back, and then pulls it back right away but um mm-hmm. no yeah that then she runs downstairs and he's like howling like a fucking I know, he's like, animal Rrrr! at the top of the stairs yeah no he's having like He's having his, like, Buffalo Bill meltdown at the top of the stairs, and then he, like, he chases her downstairs, and the camera, like, very purposely never hits him. Hmm. And apparently Olivia Hussey never saw him either, since she kills her boyfriend ten minutes later, thinking he's the killer when he's not. <laughs> oh, And <Peter>. it's <laughs> those things when it's, like...
0: Not that I'm really like, that devastated that Peter have, died. like,
1: this weirdly hard time imagining that he chased her down the stairs, and she never saw what he looks Like... <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> like, I, I'm sure that in the, like, jumble of ca- camera angles that is this chase scene, like, at some point, her, her face might have been turned toward the thing that was chasing her. I
0: know. <laughs> Apparently I feel like it was not. There's gotta be that feeling of uh, morbid curiosity where you're like, what's about to kill me?
1: If nothing and else, you turn like, around and look. If you think it's possible that it is Peter, <laughs> like which i guess by my point you she try did. to reason with him like, like i don't know that i would necessarily try to reason with him but i might be like <laughs> i feel like let me just make sure just, 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 like turn around now. i i think yeah, I, don't know. I mean if
0: david was trying to kill me i would try to reason with him
1: i mean if sarah was actively trying to kill me in the moment
0: <laughs> would you hit her with a poker
1: no probably <laughs> not um <clears throat> I, I, I really wish I could say that my sense of self-preservation was stronger, but probably not.
2: <laughs> i would be, be like, all right. Kill I'd be me. one of
1: those idiots who'd be like, okay, I probably deserve it. It's fine. I <laughs> did then, leave
2: the
0: light
1: on above the garage. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is actually funny because Sarah left the light on above the garage. I'm just going to call that out right <clears> now. Did you? She did.
0: <laughs> oh, she's throwing everyone under the bus. <clears throat> Um. So, one thing we had kind of talked about discussing in this movie is that there's kind of a weird subplot moment that happens about uh, uh, maybe it's a little over happening halfway.
1: All the way through. Like, like, like the beginnings of it are kind of in the first like, 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> when Jess, who is, is played by Olivia Hussey, yes. tells Peter that she is pregnant. pregnant. Uh, pregnant <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> pregnant. Uh, and he strongly encourages her <laughs> or, I should say, forces her to consider getting an abortion.
1: No, opposite. She wants or not, not get doesn't... an abortion. That's yeah. what I meant
0: to say. Um, <clears throat> has the director ever commented on why he chose to include this in the movie?
1: Um, it's kind of a weird thing. To, he basically described it as something for the characters to do in between the killing and the phone calls. He has also stated that the movie is politically neutral on the subject of abortion, but mm. it feels kind of like it might not be. <laughs> well... <I'm> like- <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm not sure, I'm not sure if that's just something that he kind of said in the press because again this, this was the 70s and 80s and this was still like highly very contentious, controversial yeah and not that it isn't controversial now for I some know, fucking reason for some reason but um yeah no we're still arguing about that uh, no, but thanks, um Brett. in the 70s it was even worse so it's like <laughs> um
0: I actually think that there is a way this could be tied into being important to the the movie and that is that. It does kind of give you a reason to think that Peter might have a reason to want to kill her.
1: I mean, that's kind of the only way that Peter as a red herring works. It's, I, it's, I agree. It's, it's like the only <coughs> thing, but the, that the, gives him a motive. It's true. It does Other give him a motive. He's just kind of an asshole. But the
0: but, but the problem with it being the motive is that essentially Peter's stance is you can't kill the baby. Yeah. Quote unquote, kill yes, the baby. That is, that is what he says. Um. But then to kill her for wanting to kill the baby, and then you're in this wonderful Nathan Lane
1: moment from the Birdcage, where it's (laughs) kill the mother. That will stop
0: them. (laughs) (laughs) The fetus is going to be aborted anyway. Not why why not let it go down with the ship? Um, Yeah, it is kind of one of those strange moments where it's like, I get, I get what they were going for when they wrote this moment. It does get a little bit gray. It gets a little muddled here, don't you think?
1: I, I think it's it's kind of a difficult topic to parse in a horror movie, like un- unless unless you have something pretty strong to say on whether or not you believe abortion is right or not, I feel like it's kind of a weird thing to shove into the middle of a slasher movie. Like, I do. I I agree. Like,
0: for a movie in the seventies, I think it's a little strange to throw it in there, but. Uh, again, I do see why they did it in terms of giving him some kind of contentious plot point to make it seem like...
1: Yeah, no, they, they felt like they needed to give him a reason to, to, snap. to try to kill her, to snap. And I'm sitting here going like, okay, but she could have just like broke up with this, sorry. like <laughs> It didn't have well, to be yeah, something quite uh, that yeah,
0: I I do agree, but, but like, I do think that it has to be something fairly serious because then you do see him deteriorate in... I mean, we were joking about it earlier, but he has this like... Piano jury, which is like uh, basically when you are in an, a conservatory, an yeah. arts conservatory, and I had to do this too when I was in school for musical theater, you have to ha- you have these things called juries, mm-hmm. and basically what it is is over the course of your education, I think it's once a year in some schools, twice a year in some schools, you have to go in and perform for a jury of your teachers and they decide if you have made enough progress to continue on in the program. And so he has this piano jury and uh, he plays and you see him kind of break down in it. And I think that, again, it's supposed to be this kind of red herring moment where you're like, oh, Billy is clearly losing it. Yeah, Billy is Peter, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. No, okay. Uh Peter is is losing it. Um and then I, I I think that it's supposed to be this huge issue because it's supposed to be something that could have driven him crazy.
1: Yeah, I I get that. I th- I think it's just I think the the primary problem I have with the subplot, and I mean, I'm not shy about admitting on this podcast that I am rather vehemently pro-choice.
0: Yeah, as am I. But
1: um, <clears throat> it it kind of when you give something like that as a motive, mm-hmm. it's not that you're excusing it, but you're using it to explain someone becoming a murderer. It's it's like. You're saying, well, of course he killed four people. She was going to murder the. F- she was going to murder his child. Like it's it's one of those things. Like it almost makes it feel like the re- like giving that as the motive in order to make the red herring work makes it feel like you're saying that that's a rational course of action. Well, yeah, but then
0: and that, you like, could say the same thing about him being broken up with. You could say that it kind I, of justifies. I the know, but I feel like th- movement.
1: Well, well, the thing is, like, it's not. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore.
0: Hold on. I understand what you're saying. I think I just, I, I struggle because it's like, I I get it. I get where you're coming from. And I don't think that your your point is without merit. But I do also think that there's there's certainly a way to give it as a reason without giving it credence. It's just that I know, I, because I don't you'd have to that be crazy. I don't think
1: that's what they did. Well,
0: I mean, and that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I do think that it. Because I I find myself getting kind of bogged down in this conversation a lot of times where it's like, rather than discussing something that's complicated or complex, because for someone to become a serial killer because their girlfriend had an abortion clearly says more about them than it does about anyone else. You know what I mean?
1: I I agree with that. I think the thing that gets to me is... Looking at this from from kind of a feminist perspective and, and specifically mm-hmm. from a woman's perspective, is I know that I, as a woman identifying person, get very nervous when there is male violence <laughs> anywhere near that act because it becomes a, well, if you would just stop having abortions, then this wouldn't happen. So it's I that kind agree. of like, I feel like there's always that fear of the immediate linkage between them. I mean, there's always, me go, be, oh, okay, yeah. like, there's always going to
0: be, okay. There's always going to be idiots who, who connect it that way. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is the fact that there, especially with a, a point as contentious as abortion, there's always going to people who be people who look for reasons to justify their ridiculous belief. And that is, that is, I think, if you told me that he went crazy because his girlfriend was having an abortion, that to me speaks more to the idea of fragile masculinity than it does of, of of abortion being a justifiable reason for violence. You know what I mean? And it kind of comes down to something that I experience a lot, especially as a drag queen, because my performances are so risque and, and you know, pushing the envelope. People are going to come to your work with their own experience. And what they walk away with is their own experience. So it's very hard for me to, I go through this a lot where I say, you know, someone will come to me and they'll say, oh, your drag queen story time video was really offensive. And it's like, well, it's really not. It's kind of silly. And they're like, well, it offended me. And it's like, well, that's kind of based on your Experience yeah. and I don't have control over your experience. I only have control over what I create, right. You know what I mean? And if you walk away with it and you you got a message from it that really didn't stem from any discernible evidence in my work, that's not really on me.:
1: No, and I, I want to make it clear that I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I found this subplot offensive. No, I know. I'm. Like I, I, I think I'm. What I'm more kind of saying is, I feel like it's. It felt like an oddly heavy topic, mm. for this film, to try to tackle in any way. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and it's, it felt and kind it's of very out of place.
0: Under discussed, if it is a heavy topic, you know. Yeah, what I mean?
1: and I. I mean, especially when you describe it as literally something for the characters to do in between kills and phone calls, <laughs> well. it's like it's like that's not really, I think, lending the the right level of gravity to the situation. Really. Yeah.
0: And that's always <laughs> kind of been a a big criticism of uh especially heterosexual men in the horror community is that that sometimes they don't uh and I'm not saying all men by any means, but they're there especially when it comes to queer horror or queer uh people who love horror, there's this kind of idea that there are some straight men who uh, don't give enough weight <laughs> to certain things because they're like, oh, it's just part of horror. And it's like, well, it's not just part of horror. This is a part of people's lives. Um, and so that can be, I, I definitely see where you're coming from on that. Yeah,
1: point. no, I I, th- I think like kind of as this goes on, like particularly, um, this is a total sidebar. I, I attempted to watch um, a movie today on Shudder called Lizzie, which is about Lizzie Borden. And it stars mm. Chloe Savini and Kristen Stewart.
0: I heard it was very good.
1: Um, I'm sure it was, but I didn't watch it. Why? Um, <laughs> this is my whole thing, and I understand that it's a historical piece and it's kind of a psychological thriller, but this is this is me actively choosing not to consume media that I know is going to make me angry or make me upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I read... I, um, I do check for things like trigger warnings and for, for content warnings on mm-hmm. things, and one of the things on this one was sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And um, basically say that there was a depiction of sexual assault, which is something that I don't care to watch, yeah, and I don't find usually necessary to the plot of most horror films.
0: There are very <laughs> like, few movies like I think. It, like, I think Boys Don't Cry. It's a very important. That's a but again well, not that's a horror not movie. That's a horror movie though. And yeah. That's
1: a true story, and it's it's one of those things that like I can't watch that scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, it's. It's not because I feel like these things have no place in horror, they absolutely do. If nothing else, like real horror is real and and horrific. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, being able to choose what what you do and do not consume I think is important. But I think that the, the point of this was kind of when you have stories about women in the horror genre <laughs> there are there are certain things that will really turn me off of a movie. Yeah. And and some of, and, and a lot of them are sort of reproductive health and sexual violence related mm-hmm. because it's not that I don't trust that they can be handled it's that I find it's not worth it, for it you. it's there have been so many instances where it's handled glibly or where it's really in there for shock value or where like I have seen sexual assault scenes that look like like, straight up the director's fucking sexual fantasy. Like, this is porn for him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, fuck you. Like, I don't need yeah. to see that. So it's it's kind of... I'm always leery of women's issues in horror movies, I think, yeah. because I'm, I have been burned before and don't want to be burned again. Which
0: but is why I would like to see more female directors in horror to kind of see... A different perspective in, in in this genre. Which
1: kind of weirdly brings up the fact that, again, there is a remake of Black Christmas out right now that was mm. directed and written by a woman. Mm. And um, judging by the trailer, is rather clearly a, a female revenge story. <laughs> you know, it's funny, I haven't <laughs> and really watched... has very little watched... to do with this film, really, at all.
0: Yeah, but... <laughs> I, well, that's what I was going to say. I haven't watched a lot of the material uh, that's come out to promote the new remake.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I... The, the little bit i saw and again like black christmas is a great movie it's not by any means one of my favorites so if i went to see the new black christmas and it wasn't that much like the original i'm not really going to be offended like
1: i'm not y- you know what and i mean honestly i i enjoy a good female revenge movie like like i think one of yeah. my favorite things about the 2018 halloween was the fact that we got to see lori strode kick some ass
0: agreed 100% like, because so- <laughs> I, I i loved that about the new Halloween movie. And I would definitely go see Black Christmas. I've heard you you actually said before we started recording that um audiences have been a little bit cold toward it while critics were very uh from, appreciative of it. From
1: from the very little I have read it seems that that the critics seem to to like it or at least not find anything majorly wrong with it, And that the the audience mm. response has been very poor. If nothing else, I think it made something like four million dollars on its opening weekend, <laughs> which is like nothing. Which
0: is probably like a third or a fourth of what it costs to make it.
1: Yeah. Like like if if, <laughs> if probably that. conservative. That's probably what they spent on like wardrobe. I know. But um anyway, back to Black Christmas. The Black Christ- well,
0: again. we were talking about Black Christmas. We were sort of, yeah, a different
1: Black Christmas. Um, but, um Yeah, I do think that. It's interesting
0: how many remakes this movie has, kind of spawned.
1: Yeah, and it's it's one of those things. that I'm honestly, I'm not sure that it needs one. Like, I don't
0: really think so either. Like though.
1: like I I feel like despite the fact that it is it is clearly now a period piece and it's 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 rather dated. And <laughs> it's I know like what Sense thinking. and
0: Sensibility.
1: Yeah, it's it's I, I mean it is very much a product of the seventies, and I don't think that it. It's not that it doesn't work in any other decade, but I th- I think that like the the original is kind of a perfect encapsulation of the time in which it was made. And it really doesn't need to be remade. You just need mm-hmm. to be able to like figure out the context clues.
0: Yeah, exactly. But
1: like the kills in this are great. And they're, they're iconic. Like Claire's death is, I think one of the most iconic deaths in horror, like that image of her with the, the, plastic, with the plastic bag, bag sucked yeah. into her mouth and her nose and her eyes open. And like, it's, It's really wonderful as it is, and I don't think you need to do it again and again. I I I agree. I don't think it needs to be updated. I think that you're fine. It's strangely
0: become almost kind of a what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I think it's almost like a mascot
1: of this movie. Oh, you mean Claire's? Claire's?
0: Claire's I mean, Claire's corpse is a
1: character in this film. I I know. (laughs) spends far more time on screen dead than alive. I know,
0: poor Ms. Mac. But um, (laughs) going and finding her.
1: Hanging from a crane hook forever.
0: Oh, Miss um, Mac.
1: Which we need to talk about. Like, I
0: hope her first name was
1: Mary. I, I really.
0: Miss <laughs> <laughs> Mary Mac Mac Mac.
1: Oh my God. Mac, that. <laughs> there is also an Irish folk song called Mary Mac, which I'm not going to sing now, but it's it's, it's important. <laughs> Look
2: that up. Um,
1: but um, no, it's like the Kilsons are really good. Like the glass unicorn for Margot Kidder. Like oh, these yeah. are these are some really iconic moments and. I don't think that you need to redo them. Like, like I, I, I just don't. I think that it stands up. I think it's still a cult classic, and I think it's fine the way it is. Although what I will say, kind of going back to what we were saying before, is that the only reason I could
0: see to make this a relevant retelling would be to make it a female revenge story.
1: I mean, which I think would do fine if you stuck to kind of the original framework which the which from again from what i can tell the 2019 version of black christmas is not in any way
0: yeah like I bet, to be fair me. i have not seen it and don't know how um, it ties in but the idea of it's like it's pretty
1: much just the title from what i can tell it's it's the title and the fact that it takes place at a college i think that's but kind that's of the kind of, the of what of of i was
0: going to say is when you think about it, in the context of of current day events mm-hmm. Campus violence is such a relevant topic. And so the idea of addressing that from a female point of view in the horror genre could be very interesting. Again, I don't know if that movie is Black be, Christmas, but, like, but it, it it could be a good movie. The
1: thing I will say, though, is that like th- there is a whole subgenre of horror movies that are called quote unquote rape revenge flicks which are exactly that like Oh I don't know if that's what this when, is I mean when I've you never, look at like I don't know anything yeah about but it. when we're talking about campus violence and it's most of the time you're talking about sexual that, yeah. assault and it's like the last house on the left yeah is is like that I spit on your grave like mm-hmm. like there's a whole subgenre of movies that deal with this already yeah. most of which are ultra violent and you know depict the assault in loving detail mm. which again fuck you um <clears throat> But, like, at least then it's it's relevant to the plot, like, like I guess. But it's still kind of, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's there's plenty of room for those movies. I think that they they deserve a place in the genre. I don't personally enjoy them, but, like, they they deserve to be made. I just don't know that you need to tie it into Black Christmas to make it work. I think it actually kind of hurts you because mm. you go in expecting the glass unicorn thing. And you yeah, come out with something you, very different. You come out with a very heavy movie. <laughs> yeah, very different film. But, um, not like I I do think that this is my favorite Christmas horror movie. Like, I know we talked about Krampus last week, mm-hmm. and there's also Silent Night, Deadly Night. There is there's, yeah. there's, there's, there is a whole subgenre of Christmas horror movie. But I think Black Christmas is is my favorite out of all of them. And I think it's mostly because of Margot Kidder, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> so, See, I'll for me, it's squarely. Andrea Martin. I'll pin it squarely on Margot Kidder. Oh,
0: I'm going to give my vote to Andrea. <laughs> I do love Margot Kidder. Um, I especially do love, and I know we only mentioned this scene very briefly, the scene where she's giving the cop a phone number yeah. and she and the the first uh, She tells him the exchange is fellatio. The exchange is yeah. fellatio and he has no idea what that means.
1: <laughs> it's fucking Barney Fife. I know.
0: <laughs> Alright Deputy Dewey boy. Yeah, like seriously I
1: wanted Rose McGowan to just walk in so I bad know. and be like, oh.
0: It would be kind of great to, see, to have seen a, a version of Black Christmas with Rose McGowan as uh, uh, Barb. As Barb, (laughs) she would have been a
1: perfect Barb, don't you think? I think she would have been great. Like, I I think it's one of those things. Again, I think if you were to do like a straight up remake, Mm. I think you could get away with it. But I don't think it would be as good as the original because no, none of them ever are. But like, I
0: mean, agreed. Agreed. I, I
1: think that if you want to do like a reboot. It's gotta be something different. But um
0: I would I wouldn't be mad at a reboot of Black Christmas. I could see that happen. I wouldn't be
1: mad at it either. I I just think it needs to kind of it, it needs to kind of stick the tone and I I think it's kind of a hard tone to touch on because it's just kind of unrelenting creep with occasional loud drunk Margot Kidder. Like that's basically the tone <laughs> yeah. of this movie. Is creepy, 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 heavy breathing Margot Kidder who <laughs> stick your dick in a light socket. Like, oh. like it's like
0: I want that on a on a stocking. Go stick your dick in a light light socket. So we are actually almost at the end of this episode. We have we have dissected Black Christmas,
1: (laughs) not nearly as much as Billy dissected. (laughs) But um bum. No, but like when he's stabbing her, like when you're watching, she's like throwing her hands up, and she's like, "Oh, I know." She it's went really, through it really bad.
0: She had a Sorry. real bad day.
1: And the cops in this movie are terrible. Like, I know. That's another trope that they created—like terrible, terrible cops. Dopey cops.
0: God. <laughs> hey, there's fingerprints over here. Let me wipe that away. Yeah,
1: no. I think the only thing at this point we haven't addressed really is the ending.
0: I was just going to say, uh, the ending is a, precipitated by dopey cops. Dopey cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ending is a is very interesting, and it kind of. Uh, I don't want to, I mean, obviously, Black Christmas was not the first movie to ever have a quote-unquote ambiguous ending, but it did kind of start that in the genre of the, like, well, where did he go? You yeah. even see it in the next big slasher, Halloween.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, at the end when... yeah. When he Dude. Michael Dude. gets Dude. shot Dude. off the balcony Dude. and he lands six on the ground. <laughs> six
1: times. Six
0: times. <laughs> I
1: shot him six times. So He's like, coming. So to speak, we're not doing Pennywise anymore, but we'll do Dr. <laughs> Loomis forever.
0: I told you that <laughs> in that episode, I was going to find a way to work Sam Loomis into every single episode. Yeah, then you
1: forgot about it until this one.
0: That's not true. I did it in uh, another one. Okay. I think it was the last one. Maybe. I'm going to have or to go back maybe. and listen That's
1: now. It's okay. Um, it is a
0: very ambiguous ending here on Black Christmas, What do you think happened uh, to Jess?
1: I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't actually think it is ambiguous. I think it's pretty clear, but I I can see kind of how it's read as ambiguous. Because the thing is, like, right before, like, she's laying in the bed... And she's surrounded by dudes who are all sitting there looking concerned, and are about to leave her any moment because fuck her. Mm-hmm. Like, like they literally, like six guys, just get up and walk out of this room. She's <laughs> she's in a house that is an active crime scene. Like we pan to a mattress that still has blood on it next door, <laughs> and these assholes just leave this girl in this house alone, but with with one idiot standing outside. But <laughs> like, but they say it. It's that he he must have made a call after every kill, and then. We pan out away from Jess and after like, I don't know, maybe like we pan up to the attic and we get that Billy and Agnes thing again.
2: Billy and and Agnes. then we
1: pan out slowly from the house and then the phone starts ringing. So he killed somebody and there's only one person left in the house.
0: Well, yes. Or, uh, I, you know, it, it's it's hard to say because on one hand, I do agree with you. I think that if this were a really well articulated movie mm-hmm. that is what that would signify. But there's a part of me that's sitting there going, Did you just do this because it was quiet during the credits and you thought it would be eerie to have the phone ringing?
1: I mean that that might be it, but I've I've always read it
0: as, as Jessie's dead he's
1: dead. Yeah, he killed her.
0: I mean it's entirely possible we never see the the fall of Billy.
1: Yeah, no, and we have we have no idea. I mean they never even found Miss Macken. <laughs> like
0: there's literally <laughs> There are two bodies in the attic. She's just hanging in the attic forever. These,
1: these motherfucking... Co- okay, these guys walk through this house. They find two dead girls. Like, they find Peter dead in the basement. And no <laughs> one checked the attic. I know. Everyone's like...
0: Claire just stays in the they attic. they
1: know the calls. I, and I get that it's like, okay, they thought it was Peter and everybody thought it was Peter. Like, I understand that. I really do. But at the same time, like... Wouldn't it be like, well, how did he get in the house after the like, 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 wouldn't you check every fucking room? Just, just yeah. to be sure. Like, if nothing else, like, you know that there's a girl missing, wouldn't you look? Wouldn't you just like- be like, hey... There's a fucking uh, secret passage oh, right, right here. There's a, this huge ladder in this corner uh, that nobody's checked. Where does it checked. go?
0: Who cares? No, Let's go to Dunkin' Horton. Donuts. <laughs> like seriously, isn't there a Tim Hortons near here? Like,
1: geez, I forgot we Christ. were in Canada. Yeah, we're in Canada. It's Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a Tim Hortons near your near your apartment. I know. Down which the street. I think it's so weird. It's like all of Canada and this town, in particular. I know.
0: <laughs> and like, I have <laughs> on several occasions gone to Tim Hortons, and I will say, I don't.
1: But that's, I think their coffee uh, is better. I will say
0: that I, I don't really get better. coffee at Tim Hortons. I've, they they do. They, they make a bean donut though. Honestly. Do they? they the donuts are pretty good. good. The breakfast food is kind of. Eh, you know, who well, cares? well
1: well done Canada. You make a
0: good yeah. Meal. You did it. All right, kids. Uh, I think that's about all we have to say about Black Christmas. Any final, any final words of wisdom before we go?
1: I I honestly don't think so. Except for the fact that like. I, I don't know, like, if you ever find yourself in a position as a law enforcement officer where, you know, you're at an active crime scene, maybe check every room before you leave. Just yeah, thought. don't just leave. Or maybe just don't leave victims in the house. Maybe take her to the hospital, maybe, you know, <laughs> since she's sedated. No like, one in the living room, gotta go. <laughs> like, like they, they, like they knock her out and they walk out of that house, like, like because <laughs> Mr. Harrison faints. It's, it's literally like, oh, this poor girl, she just, like, fought off a murderer and we've sedated her she's like this guy goes like huh and they're like oh my god a white man's in trouble to the hospital away <laughs> we're gonna leave this idiot like laying here and just hope Bye, that we not the right like, seriously <laughs> i'm sorry the ending of this movie is like oh my god she, i know it she is a dies, and it's because you guys are totally incompetent
0: it's because she's a, or right they're an idiot yeah
1: All right, kids, that
0: is about it for Black Christmas. I hope you enjoyed this little discussion. We will be talking a little bit more about some of our our favorite spooky Christmas shit in the next week or two. So come on back, listen away, and we're going to uh go play stardew valley (laughs) and try to forget and try to forget everything that happened in the last three hours watching this damn movie i hope you had a good time please remember to oh i did it again jesus christ i never i i've always every time we get to the last 30 seconds of this podcast i have a fucking stroke i'm like jesus christ my face starts melting um that said, Stop opening the Ark of the Covenant 39
2: for the end.
0: <laughs> That said, until next time, stay spoopy and remember.
2: Hello?
1: Hello? Hello? Hey, quiet! It's him again, the Mona! He's expanded his act could that be one person no claire that's the mormon tabernacle choir doing their annual obscene phone call
0: my spooky gay family features music by nate walker artwork by david alon and this episode contains clips from black christmas distributed by warner brothers and ambassador film distributors 1974 Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duhl Productions.